0: Greetings. You're listening to the 44th episode of the ABF Journal podcast. I'm Phil Neifer, managing editor of ABF Journal. In this week's episode, we took a look at one of the most high profile bankruptcy cases of the last year with Andrew Glenn, managing partner of Glenn, Ager, Bergman, and Fuentes. Andrew joined the show to discuss the specifics of Hertz's bankruptcy and reorganization, as well as what he calls an unprecedented recovery for shareholders. Let's get to the call. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing today? Great, how are you? Good, Um, as of recording, uh, about a week ago, Hertz uh, Global Holdings received bankruptcy court approval for its plan of reorganization. And today I know we're gonna dive into a lot of that because I know you were involved with Hertz's chapter 11 case. And my first question is, I I wanted to know how you became involved in the case and what your primary responsibilities were or are if, if, if they're ongoing.
1: So um, I was involved for the official equity committee in the Garrett motion case. And um, that case was coming to an end and uh, the outcome for shareholders was uh, very, very good. We um, went from you know, relatively low recovery um, to a recovery, we projected to be in the teens. Um, that case, the turnaround was affected by the recovery from the pandemic, uh, it happened quicker. And then um, people reached out to me, um, my friend Redwar Brzezinski of Pericles Capital, and um, he said uh, that Hertz was in a similar position as Garrett Motion, that is, on the verge of a pandemic recovery, and could we team up to um, you know, bring together, a similar outcome for her shareholders. And I was enthusiastic about it because at that point the company had published its projections actually showing the turnaround. So it was right there in black and white for everybody to to see. But for some reason, um, word hadn't gotten out. And so what we did was uh, Pericles and Glenn Ager worked together to bring Attention to Hertz, um, and specifically Hertz shareholders, and um, we started rallying a group of shareholders together. That grew and that grew, and um, we became formidable enough that um, we started discussions with the Centerbridge Group and the Knighthead Group, and it became clear to us that. Um, The Knighthead Group was a very, very attractive um, partner for a case like this, and we were able to help them bring a very, very large amount of capital to help them get over the finish line. So I think that's a pretty good summary of the process.
0: Right. And uh, so you kind of answered kind of what my second question is there uh, a bit, but um, is there anything else that, you know, you wanted to mention about how the process developed? I know you kind of you didn't come in from the very beginning, but, you know, from your perspective before you jumped in and after you did jump in, is there anything else uh, you kind of wanted to touch on about how the process developed? Well, you know, it
1: was interesting in the
0: sense that
1: And you use the word process. I think that's a a good launching off point because it seemed to us that there really was no process per se. They were talking to the Knighthead group. They were talking to the Centerbridge group, Um, but there really had not been any formal process as best as we could tell. And so I think the real challenge in Hertz was uh, they wanted to get out of bankruptcy by June and so, um, you know, we really needed to decide very quickly how we wanted to proceed. And um, we became Nighthead's mouthpiece in the bankruptcy because, under bankruptcy law, you know, a frustrated bidder, you know, really doesn't have standing in the bankruptcy case. So, you know, we were frustrated at first because uh, the company had anointed Centerbridge as the plan sponsor we fought that um, and we didn't want them to get a breakup fee because we thought that night ed was superior from the get-go but we kept on fighting and ultimately that led the company to um, schedule an auction which produced the um, incredible result for shareholders i believe an unprecedented result for shareholders in this case
0: Right, and then you're saying, you know, the result was unprecedented. But I, and it sounds like, um, if process isn't the right word, then whatever you want to call it, that this was pretty unique as well. Um, what were some of the unique aspects or challenges of this particular case, uh, from your view?
1: Well, I think it, I think it was really the
0: compressed timing.
1: Um, you know, we we saw the disclosure statement projections and we saw that the company was aiming to get out of bankruptcy very, very quickly. And so, you know, in in circumstances like this, where it does show, the projections do show equity value, but the process is not yielding equity value. You have two choices. You can fight the process, try to slow it down, or you can try to come up with a Solution that proves your valuation theory of the case. We made a judgment very quickly, Pericles and Glenager, that uh, finding a solution would be critical in this case. That is, you know, finding capital, and that capital, um, you know, uh, was invested in a point that proved an equity uh, that recovery in the case. And this all transpired over the course of around six weeks. So I think you know, the compressed timing uh, was a massive challenge for us. But I think what's even more remarkable is that the plan went from a $0 recovery to shareholders when we started to you a know, billion dollar recovery when we were done. And I just think that's completely unprecedented. And you know, looking at the stock price now, Um, you know, it it vindicates the, um, you know, the outcome, because I see now that the Hertz shares are trading around 850. That's a $1.33 billion market capitalization. So I mean, you know, the the fact that this all came together so quickly, the fact that not only are shareholders getting a massive recovery, um, you know, that's a unprecedented thing, you know, if you look at um, trends in, in US chapter 11 cases, but the fact that this
0: happened in the course of six weeks, um, I think is extraordinary. And to get to that outcome, uh, what were some of the kind of most important milestones that you had to hit um, along that way, along that kind of uh, expedited uh, timeframe? Well, I, I think we had we had one
1: agenda. And that agenda was to display Centerbridge as the lead bidder, and we tried before the auction um, was scheduled. We thought that our bid was better at several several points along the way. The company disagreed, um, but ultimately, right before the auction, um, the company determined that our bid. Was higher and better. Um, and then we went into the auction and, you know, led by Nighthead and Nighthead deserves, and Sertorius, they deserve, you know, the lion's share of the credit. Um, they and we had conviction that we were going to win this auction, that we uh, led by Sertorius had a business plan that simply provided more value to all stakeholders and therefore we had more room to bid than the Center Bridge Group did.
0: Right, and with uh, with that bid, um, I know this reorganized plan um, from the press release that, uh, that was released about it um, includes a $2.78 billion uh, comedy equity investment from Knighthead, Cerderus and Apollo, um, as you've mentioned, um, as well as a preferred share issuance and new rights offering. Um, you kind of already mentioned uh, your, your role in all of that, but um, what kind of specific part did you play in completing that aspect of the plan, and, and how did it all come together? Um, more specifically, uh, if you have more to share on it, than, than you've already you've already presented. Well,
1: I think that you know ultimately, and I, I admitted Apollo, they deserve um, significant credit. They're putting you know a billion and a half dollars into the deal um but you know we we were not specifically involved in the preferred share issuance per se some of our investors are participating in that preferred share issu- issuance um, but you know apollo came up with that money because they like we agreed with the sartorius value proposition. I think our role in this was, you know, Knighthead was looking for capital. Um, and um, we provided that in a manner that uh, put them over the top and created process momentum, um, drew more attention uh, from outside investors that we brought in who were not shareholders. And bringing that capital to bear. Uh, enabled Knighthead to uh, present a successful bid. So, you know, I don't wanna take anything away from Knighthead, Sertoris, and Apollo. They led the deal. Um, We partnered with them. I think we helped them in the process and we put them over the top by contributing our capital into it.
0: And then I I know the plan also had, um, I think this is just more of interest to our readership. provided which provided for 2.2 billion dollars in liquidity for the reorganized company as well as a 2.8 billion dollar exit credit facility did you have any uh, hand in in that part of the process or was that kind of a separate piece
1: so um, the senior debt um, was a challenge in this circumstance and and this came out in court because um, the company, told Sertaris and and Knighthead and and even Centerbridge that it would be the party arranging for that senior debt um, to finance a plan. Um, As a result of that, Knighthead uh, focused exclusively on the equity capital. um, And um, ultimately the company used that against Nighthead because when we were ready to displace Centerbridge as the stalking horse, they pointed out that we didn't have committed exit financing. But the fact is, the reason we didn't have that financing is because the company was in control of the process, and um, you know we were not allowed to uh, deal directly with the lenders. Once we complained about this in court, um, we, you know, Knighthead uh, was able to get its commitments from the exit financiers. But I, what I would say is that we never thought that would really be an issue because when you have people writing, you know, equity checks of five plus billion dollars uh, behind that senior debt, that gives senior lenders a lot of comfort that, you know, this is a a deal that's well capitalized and it has a lot of sophisticated people behind it um, with that equity capital. And so we never were really concerned that the exit financing would come in. Um, it was just a matter of process and timing. And thankfully that all came together because if it hadn't, that might've been a foot fault that would have stopped our bid from moving forward, you know, unnecessarily. So. That all came together um, and you know, Knighthead led that, uh, that effort.
0: Right, and then you've mentioned, uh, you used the word uh, unprecedented a few times. And I, I know with a lot of these, those are big dollar amounts that we're talking about. And I know the plan is uh, gonna eliminate $5 billion of debt for Hertz. Um, can you kind of put that into context or any other of the stuff we talked about into context for how it relates to similar bankruptcy cases?
1: Yeah, um, I, I've i never seen uh, a case where shareholders have um, received a billion-dollar recovery in any Chapter 11 that I can remember off the top of my head. Um, there have been cases where there have been rights offering in the billions of dollars. Um, I don't think that's necessarily... Um, unprecedented. But what I would say is that, you know, the valuation of most of that equity capital was at the plan value. Um, and a lot of times what you see is that the, um, the new money comes in at a discount to plan value. Um, here, that money came in at plan value which shows that the equity investors you know, had conviction about the valuation and, and really this case is about um, significant upside that we're gonna see in, in this sector of the economy. And um, you know, I think um, the, the large checks written in this case are really about that story more than anything else
0: yeah absolutely and now that the bankruptcy court has approved this plan uh, what is next for Hertz to complete the this process um are there any other roadblocks that could crop up or is it kind of just smooth sailing from here
1: no i i, I expect it to be smooth sailing we are going to completely exit by the end of the month and um you know all the financing is in place uh there are no challenges that you know we can see going forward so I think this case effectively ended when the auction ended and uh, our bid
0: prevailed. Right, and then kind of taking a a step back from this case specifically, what is your kind of outlook or feel for how the rest of the year is gonna play out when it comes to large corporate bankruptcies like this one? I I think that at the end of the day, uh,
1: the bankruptcy world is relatively slow right now because there's so much liquidity out there, but we're involved in the LATAM bankruptcy, which we think is very, very similar to Hertz in terms of, you know, a a company um, on the verge of a turnaround fueled by, you know, vaccinations and reopening of the economy. Uh, We're also involved in Carlson Travel, um, you know, which has a similar story, so I think what you're seeing is kind of the runoff of these bankruptcies that were filed because of the pandemic, putting aside the oil and gas bankruptcies, EMP bankruptcies in in Texas. But you know these the outlook for these bankruptcies, um, and Washington Prime is a good example too. You have um, companies that are ready to. Um, we engage outside of chapter 11 because the world is now reopening and these businesses are poised to prosper um, as a result of that i think the outlook will only change you know with um, rising interest rates inflationary pressure but for now i think the outlook for the rest of the year uh, and maybe q1 of 22 is probably going to be a, a decline in bankruptcy activity um, but, um, we'll see what happens.
0: Great. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and walk through uh, this bankruptcy case. Uh, I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again to Andrew for joining the show and thank you for listening. If you're looking for more business reorganization related content, make sure to check out the Q2 issue of ABF Journal, which features our 2021 turnaround management directory, as well as some bankruptcy focused articles, such as a look at the role of forensic accountants during the process. You can find it all at magazine.abfjournal.com. That's all for this week. Thanks again for listening to the ABF Journal podcast. We'll talk again soon.